It is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, rolling through a Wednesday afternoon. Baylor basketball, women and men in action tonight, both on ESPN+. Plus. You're just going to have to work your way around Big 12 now, they call it, on ESPN+. Plus. You've got to have the app. I mean, I sound like a salesman now for ESPN or something, but uh, it is, it's much needed if you're going to follow some of this Big 12 basketball. Much to the chagrin of some of us, but um, whatever, we'll have to. We have to d- to do what we do to watch uh, Baylor athletics. Now, uh, a famous member of the Baylor family joining us now. It is uh, Walter Abercrombie, who uh, was one of the greatest backs in Baylor history. Um, I, I think I could make the argument he was the best ever and one of the greatest backs to ever come out of Waco. Uh, Walter, good to visit with you today. I hope you're enjoying this gorgeous Central Texas weather. Yeah, hey, Matt, it's great, always great to be with you and uh, be a part of your show. And yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. I got a chance to get out in the weather. I just had a, a small jacket on, and I was comfortable as heck, man. It was, it's great. It wasn't. Couldn't say the same thing a couple of weeks ago, could we? No, no. Had the had the uh, had the weather event that we're all recovering from and uh but we, yeah it, it does change in a hurry in texas as we know now walter take us back to when you were leaving baylor what was the you know the combine and boy you saw the senior bowl such a huge thing like a thousand members of the media descend upon uh the um, uh, mobile alabama for that what was um, what what did you have access to now back in the day i remember there was like a Oh, gosh, the East West, there was the Shrine game, which I guess still does happen. There was one game they would play right on Christmas every year. Was that the East-West? Whatever that one was. But um, what, when you were coming out of Baylor, and, and obviously uh, the, the NFL teams were interested in you, what were, what were your options, and then what was, the, uh, what, was the, what was the combine like at that point? Well, <clears throat> okay, so – if my memory serves me correctly, we didn't we didn't really have a combine. You know, that was something that developed later, uh, and um, later on after after our I was drafted. But we did have several bowl games that a lot of the NFL scouts went to and, and to you know make a determination whether they wanted to play or not. Um, it was the Hula Bowl, which I played in, uh, along with Marcus Allen, who had just won the a Heisman Trophy. Uh, we had we were in the same backfield together in that game. Um, there was the Shrine game that many of my teammates, uh, some of my teammates, went to play in, and there was the Senior Bowl. And the Senior Bowl at that time uh, was one of those games that, well, if you were sort of an established, it was established that you would be a top pick. He tried not to really play in that game. The Senior Bowl at that time was for. Uh, a player who was kind of on the fringe, and the coaches wanted to really uh, put him uh, put him under the microscope with with NFL coaches coaching them during the week, and so uh, that bowl attracted a lot of guys. Uh, a lot of guys were on on the edge, and and really made a lot of money because they participated in that game. But there was no combine, Matt. No, okay, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's interesting to to think back. You're not you're not that. Uh... Uh, you're, I still think of you as a young guy, Walter. So it's hard to me, uh, imagine there not being a combine 
when you were coming out of uh, when you were coming out of Baylor and everything. But isn't that great? By the way, the news today: seven Baylor players invited to the NFL Combine. I was just on the air earlier, just tell, reminding people that this just did not happen uh, it, since the Combine has become a huge deal. Even during you know some of those great Bryles teams, it, it just. And Walter, you know this because you still, you know, in your role in the B Association, you talk to a lot of these greats from the past. Um, seven players, I, I can't remember anything quite like that. That's a big number, and I think that's a credit to what Coach Aranda and, of course, what Coach Rule did before him. It is a credit to both of those coaches because um, what I noticed uh, with this, these, uh, these two coaches is that they did, and the staff, uh, staff members, they did a great job developing uh, these players. Um, you know, that's a real skill. You know, Baylor uh, sometimes is not at the very top of the heap when it comes to uh, attracting the top talent in the country. And so you have to sometimes find those diamond in the rough roughs and then coach them up in such a way that they take, you know, you take a, you take a, um, a two-star, a three-star athlete, and by the time he leaves the university, he's a five-star. And I think that that's what I saw happening here with, with those two coaches, particularly Coach Aranda. Uh, what an amazing performance uh, the defense did all season long. And, uh, and it's just been carrying on since uh, Coach, uh, Coach Rule left. But that's what's happened. They developed players. They man a player's here four or five years. And, and all of a sudden, man, he's, he's, a, he's an NFL prospect. Do you ever think about the guys you played with and you think about, like, what positions they would play in Aranda's defense? Like, who would be the – who would play the, 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 the star role? Who would play – I mean, isn't it interesting to think about, okay, it used to be more of a conventional, you're middle linebacker, you're weak side, strong side. And, and it, the game – there's been an evolution. And, again, some of the things are still the same. But these creepers that he talks about, these are very, very involved um, – type things but I mean I bet you had teammates that when you think back you're like well that guy would have been a safety or that guy this guy that was the great uh, safety might have played linebacker in today's right. uh in, in in today's defense do you ever kind of think think about those things yeah sometimes I do I, I look at uh like for example uh the players on our defense you know they're some of them are a little undersized uh for NFL standards but they're they as you said they the coaches have been have put them in positions to be successful and be pretty effective uh, in, the, in, the, in the way we play defense. And so uh, um, size is not necessarily as much of a factor uh, in this scheme as it is uh, your, your quickness, your toughness, uh, your ability to, you know, to get to the ball and, and your football IQ. Um, and, and I would say that, um, and I think Coach Aranda had mentioned this, it's very important, you know, that that, uh, that the players that come here to play are pretty sharp guys because coaches can put more on them uh, uh, mentally, and um, and and they can handle it. Uh, that's not always the case uh, with some some players. And so, you know, credit to uh, the recruiters, credit to these young people that that came here and played their hearts out and and made the very best of the opportunities they had and they were given. Although some of them, as I said may have been a little undersized for their position typically around the country, but boy, they, you, you couldn't tell the way they played on the football field. 
Yeah, yeah. Talking to Walter Abercrombie, uh, Baylor great, Baylor legend on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, you, you look at Jalen Petrie and how good he looked during Senior Bowl, and I, you can't help but think back about Thomas Everett, who played a little bit after you did at Baylor, but what a tremendous player and the Thorpe Award winner that he was. And then Petrie, uh, years later, you know, up for the same award. It just was uh, – it's, it's amazing. We had Thomas on recently. It's just uh, – it's it, you know, Thomas was just – I mean, we talk about some of the great. Singletary's always going to be the greatest defensive player in the history of Baylor, but uh, but Thomas is not far behind. I mean, and then, Walter, what's funny is you start thinking about the safeties. Then Mike Welch comes in and learns under, uh, you know, under Thomas, and then Welch was unbelievable. I think he had 14, uh, at least 14 or 16 interceptions when he was at Baylor. And then, of course, Waters was involved in that, uh, that same secondary. James, uh, Ron Francis comes along. I mean, there was a time people think of USC and maybe other schools as like DBU. Uh, I, I just think the offense, it, Baylor couldn't, you remember this in the late 80s, they couldn't quite me- mesh up the offense and the defense at the same time. Because some of those Fredenberg, Goodner, whoever you want to say, defenses were unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, I guess you were probably in the NFL at that point, but that was uh, it was kind of remarkable back then how good some of those Baylor defenses were. Oh yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. They, Baylor has had, and, and even prior to them, if you go back to uh, uh, Gary Green, uh, who played uh, a little bit earlier yeah. than those guys, and he was here before I got here. Um, I think Baylor's had a tradition of producing some top defensive talent, and I'm not talking about just top in the conference. I'm talking about top in the nation. Uh, Michael Nams, who went on to play. Uh, for a number of seasons with the Washington Redskins and and had such a fantastic career. Um, then uh, there, there was uh, I, I, uh, um, Van McElroy. Uh, Van yeah. was an All-American safety force and just just would just knock you out if he hit you. Um, gosh, yeah. I mean, I could just go on a big vine. I, I could <laughs> go on. There are others who – who were really good in our in our defenses at Baylor, and credit goes to Fredenberg and and just the whole whole line of uh, of great coaches we've had on the defensive side of the ball. Did you say Vic? If Vic will be really happy to hear you say his name because uh, he certainly has his. He would put himself in that group, but uh, yeah, as a kid, I'd watch uh, Max McGeary was blocking all those kicks. It was kind of phenomenal. You know, everybody kind of had their specialty. And and Max would come in there. That was uh, it was just kind of wild how that guy had a knack for blocking kicks and everything. Talking to Walter Abercrombie, the 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 Baylor uh, great came out of Waco. I loved what you said uh, in that Baylor that video that Baylor put out about what John Westbrook meant to you. And a lot of times Jerry Levias gets credit for being the first African American player in the SWC. Actually, as you pointed out, it was. John Westbrook. I guess if you wanted to get specific, maybe Levias was the first scholarship athlete, whatever. The first guy that was on the field was John Westbrook. And I, you told the story of what that meant to you as a, as a kid, watching with your mom, seeing uh, uh, someone who looked like you um, against Syracuse. And, and Walter, if you would, I mean, I, I, what, what, take us back a little bit to that. I mean, John... You're a great historian, and, and you kept up with so many people over the years. But that had to be a really tough thing 
you know, Baylor had probably had, uh, at that point, African-American students. But, again, nobody had – they had not had a black player on the team. And in fact, Texas would not have – did not have a player until Whittier – uh, in 1970, I believe it was. So it's not like everybody immediately jumped in. Um, we, that had to be extremely tough. But for a young Walter Abercrombie, what 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 was that like for you to 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 see John Westbrook playing for the local team? It was uh, it was life changing for me because um, I grew up in the shadows of the university uh, and and I had. You know, the university being a Baptist college, right? My father was a was a Baptist minister. And so there we had a lot of things in common with, with the university in terms of our faith. And um and so the influence was uh was not just from football. We we would have students who who were uh would come down into our neighborhood over in South Wakehood and, and witness to us and as as kids and, you know, they would sometimes offer to, you know, candy and cookies and, you know, so forth to, to entice us, but then would share the word with us. And so that as, a, as a young person, that had an influence on me. But I was also an athlete. And so the thing that I didn't understand uh, at that age was why were there not any black players? And, and it, it had started to become common around the country universities were beginning to accept players. So it was a conversation in our home. And then uh, as we were watching that, that one day in September, I believe it was 1966, I'm watching the television uh, with my mom and Baylor's playing Syracuse. And I'm a big fan, of course, of Baylor. And Syracuse had two future NFL running backs in the backfield. So they were really good at running the ball. And man, we're watching the game, and Baylor is is looking like uh, we're good. we have a chance to win this game against the ranked opponent. And it just was unbelievable when the announcement was made by the announcer that John Westbrook entered the football game. He made the announcer even pointed it out that a, the you know black player for Baylor was coming in. And, and I mean to tell you, I mean what it meant for me. I, I my eyes my eyes lit up. And my mom, we, we were just, you know, thrilled because, wow, you know, this is this is pretty cool to see someone like me look like me uh, playing the football game for the school that I really cared a lot a lot about. And so, when he when he played, uh, basically, it just lit up my imagination. And what seemed to be impossible suddenly became possible. And I don't know. That's my story. And I know there are others who have had similar experiences, but it's so important, you know, that we see, you know, things that we often see uh, sometimes are what we aspire to be. And in that case, John Westbrook, being the type of guy he was, uh, was the right person to be at Baylor and to be the first to, to then pave the way for a lot of young guys like me. Yeah, and people that don't, you know, it, it's Black History Month, and, and um, it, it's it, one of the reasons Walter was asked about this and was talking about it. And, uh, you know, he paved the way. And then I would say uh, Tommy Rayo arrives probably in, what, 1967. And, uh, you know, he played with my father. 
and they they were fraternity brothers. And my dad came from uh, deep East Texas and probably had one to two uh, black classmates his whole time in high school. And yet he and Tommy, it is kind of interesting, Walter, how locker rooms, uh, you know, Parcells used to talk about it is like the great like sports laboratory or something. Like there's there's something that happens in locker rooms that's different than other places in life. And it, but but, but it's, right. it's people it's people like Westbrook though. Again, I don't. John may have not had the greatest experience. In fact, I think I've maybe read that John didn't, uh, which doesn't shock me. Uh, you know what he was trying to accomplish uh, at, in that time. But um, but yeah. But but again, because of people like him, then Tommy comes in. And then probably by the late, you know, early 70s, then it's commonplace. Then it's not, you right. know, some of the great players that are coming in and were part of that, uh, the Cotton Bowl team in 74, nobody's thinking about it. Oh, Grant's, Grant's recruiting African-American players. Like, by that time, it's not, that's not even a story. So, I don't know, it, it, isn't it amazing? Sometimes I feel like in this country, you know, we accomplished some, uh, some unbelievable things back then. And then we look up and we're like, wait, well, how far have we come? Uh, you know. Right, right. <laughs> so, right. anyway, it's, um, well, it's, I think it's what, an important you know, thing to talk about. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and let me tell you something. I, the reason why this is, uh, you know, I feel so strongly about those guys that, that were the first among, you know, what, what ended up being many uh, later on. But those, those guys caught, caught a lot of heck, man. Um, because it was just, uh, you know, the time in the '60s with mm-hmm. uh, with the racial climate at that time, and a lot of folks didn't want blacks at Baylor and you know and uh, and, and at other schools around the around the uh, state, and so you had to have some, some something special about you, I think, in order to endure and to kind of navigate through those um, through those very difficult times and so I'm, I credit Westbrook because he never gave up he didn't throw in a towel he didn't get mad and, and go try to hurt somebody because of what he dealt with he was able to make friends uh, uh, white friends and and others and so um, but he had to have the kind of personality he had to have the kind of faith that he had in order to endure what he did and I think that's what allowed him to be such an influence for those of us who came along after him. Yeah, I just uh, – it, it's remarkable. I, I appreciate you talking about it, and uh, it's just uh, – I always love talking about, you know, your days, your playing days and all. But I saw that video last night that, that you did with Baylor, and, and uh, I, I just thought, man, I got I to gotta call Walter because I just thought – I think I texted you. That just uh, – uh, I, I just, it really meant a lot. And, uh, I think you just have a, as great of appreciation as anybody having grown up there in Waco and that knowing the deal. What, by the way, what, uh, did you go, did you, did you, when you were growing up were the, uh, the boys and girls clubs or the boys clubs, was that already a big thing in Waco when you were coming up? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that was, um, that was a place where we got to go. Um, we went to the Waco boys club. And uh, and they had the YMCA. They had uh, the Y. There were two YMCA's kind of over in our area, but the one uh-huh. I went to was the one named after uh, a great local hero, Doris Miller, uh, over in East Waco. And so 
they had swimming, they had basketball leagues, they had football leagues. And so those were the places we were allowed to participate in. And, and that's where we flocked. And, and, the, and um, the Doris Miller YMCA is still, is still in, still operational, still in town. But the boys club uh, where we went to over on Clay Street in Waco um, is, is no longer there. So, so yes, those, those two places uh-huh. were very, very important for us. Uh, to to have activities to go in and meet our friends and and kind of develop as young athletes. Well, where I when I was at Baylor, we coached um, we coached some some uh, some youngsters over at Brownfield Boys Club and uh, and just it had the time of our lives. What I loved about it is it was former Baylor athletes who would uh, be running some of those programs and like. Uh, uh, you can imagine Julius Denton was a guy I ended up, you know, I watched when I was in high school at Baylor, and then I got to know uh-huh. Julius because he was over at the Brownfield Boys Club, and then I think BJ, who played uh, basketball for maybe for, I bet Jim Haller recruited him. He may have finished up with Iba, but he was over at one of the other boys clubs. So, uh, and, and I guess we should say boys and girls clubs. We kind of uh, maybe that was how it was back in the day. It was kind of known as the boys club. Uh, but, uh, wow, what a, uh, those were neat. Those were really, uh, interesting and, and cool places. And I, some of the great athletes have come out of Waco, I, like you say, have, uh, uh, that's where they, that, that was a big, and even I've met professional like boxers and stuff who they say, oh, where did you, how did you achieve that? Or how did you get to this great status? And they'll go, well, the, the boys and girls club, that, that's where uh-huh. I hung out a lot. So that, um, yeah. I think that's played a, a role in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's that's what they did back in those days, and they were. I'm thankful for them because, uh, you know, we didn't have at that time, you know, video games and a whole bunch of stuff, you know, to keep us inside or at home. In fact, our parents sort of kicked us out of the house a little bit and get out, you know, get active, do something. And so when we would say we're going down to the Y or down to the boys' club to play basketball, I think there was a there was a feeling among our parents uh, that, hey, that he's in a safe place or she's in a safe place. Uh, they're around, you know, good people who are training them, who are helping them develop as athletes, good character and that kind of stuff because you weren't allowed to cut up at those facilities. And so that was a good place to go, man, for us as kids. I don't know if it's like that now. There's, there's other things that young people are into, but very thankful for the boys and girls club and for the uh, YMCA. Yeah, well, Walter, I appreciate. It. I was just lo- I was trying to remember what we used to b- before Atari and all that. What what I was doing, and I had one of those. Uh, I don't know if you had these or not. I think you probably knew what these were, though. Those electric football games where you literally had to get the figures, like it'd be the Steelers versus the Cowboys, and, and of course you, they never worked properly, and you had to mess with the base of them. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you, I think I think the board used to vibrate or something, you know. Yeah. yeah. You could never you could never control where they were going to. So it was it was the silliest game. <laughs> and there was there was even a way you could kick, but you had to put the stupid little nerf thing in a deal and release it to kick the ball down the field. So yeah, I figured you had run across one of those things, and I had one of those as a kid. And oh my gosh, I tried everything to get those players to go straight, and uh, 
and those were those were fun days. Walter, I really appreciate it. It's an important month, and uh, and, and I just uh, appreciate you always having such a great perspective on everything. Appreciate your friendship, and uh, thanks for coming on. Always enjoy it, Matt. Call me anytime, man. I enjoy visiting with you. Take care. You bet. You bet. There he goes, Walter Abercrombie, uh, one of the great uh, one of the great running backs, uh, one of the great players, one of the great people to ever come out of uh, the Waco area, and then of course went on to start Baylor, and then with the Pittsburgh Steelers.